At Hatsis Lawyers, we're all about forward thinking. That's why we're one of the few law firms in Queensland to offer fixed fee legal help. If you have a legal problem, we have the solution. Now, here's your podcast. It was once the case that if you had a job, you had it for life. But increasingly, this is not the case. And many Australians are going out on their own or buying into an existing franchise. In fact, there are approximately 1,160 franchises that are operating currently in Australia. But one perennial question that is often asked by franchisees is, well, what do I do if I don't agree with something that the franchise uh, owner does or makes me do? Today, I'm joined by George Hatsis of Hatsis Lawyers, a firm that does this type of work regularly. George, what does this franchisee do if they're in a dispute with the franchise owner? Hi, Dan. Um, yeah, there's nothing brings on a dispute like a franchisee franchise or dispute because it's not just when you go into these things that you're purchasing, uh, as you said, the right of, to an income, but generally when you're, when you're paying a lot of money, you, you normally buy a business, but with there's an overlay of a personal relationship or, or a relationship at, at a business level where you're expecting something from the other party being the franchisor, if you're of course the franchisee. So it, the disputes, if they do happen, become fairly um, emotive and uh, get um, get pretty personal because they're being, someone's feeling let down, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. But um, look, since January the 1st, 2015, there was previously an old franchising code. That's now been replaced with a new franchising code of conduct. Mm. And the overriding um, uh, uh, spirit in which this new code brings to the table for both parties is that everyone's got to act in good faith. Yeah. So a lot of times we'll have people that come to us saying, look, the franchisor's uh, making me buy his product. Franchisor's making me accept his his or her services, franchisor's services. Now, we all know that the franchisor is, suppo- is supposed to have a business system and that's what you're buying into. Mm. So, And that's what you're paying, the upfront fee, if, if any, and the ongoing franchise fees. So that business system may, may and one hopes, for the amount of money you, you the franchisee is paying, um, demand a certain standard. So if the franchisor, in its documentation and its conduct, says, look, I want you to buy... Uh, goods or services of a certain standard and I provide those, the franchisee can't have a problem with that. However, if the franchisee is made to buy the franchisor's goods and services, no matter what level of quality it is, then there's an issue there that the franchisee may be able to work upon. So that just, I know there's many disputes that can happen in this sort of relationship, but that probably gives you just a very brief look at one type of dispute. Okay, so what does this sort of uh, new legislative bent uh, bring to a dispute in terms of uh, process? So is there a process that a franchisee would need to follow in trying to resolve this dispute? I mean, is there, do they jump into a mediation straight away? Do they go to their, see their lawyer and try and sort of, uh, you know, issue a legal action? What's, what's the state of play in that circumstance? Yep. Dan, generally... Before you enter in a franchise agreement, you should always get legal advice. I mean, anyone's mm. going to say that. Legal and accounting advice. A lot of times people go into these things 
and they don't do that. Okay, let, let's assume they've gotten their advice or they haven't gotten advice. Moving on, they've got a seven-day cooling-off period after they enter into the franchise agreement. Let's say everything's hunky-dory and they've continued on. A dispute arises. Under the, the spirit of the Act mm-hmm. and what should hopefully be mirrored in franchise agreement, and and just to digress for a second, Dan, that's one of the reasons why we want to look at the franchise agreement before the franchise is signed it. Yeah. You know, we've always said the cheapest part of any legal transaction is at the front end, not the back end when you're in trouble. So let's have a look at it. And what we're looking for, what a good lawyer should be looking for is, does it mirror what the Act is trying to provide? So does it have the, uh, the opportunity for both parties to get together and try and resolve their differences by way of an, an informal meeting, an informal resolution of the dispute? And that's what the Act attempts to, to provide, saying, look, you should have... You should allow the, the parties, you know, 21 days. There should be a notice of a dispute. There should be a get-together within 21 days with it, with with the both parties coming to the table, figuratively speaking, trying to resolve the dispute. Now, if that doesn't occur, then there should be, then there's the there should be a mediation process, and there is a framework in the in the relevant code which sets that out. Right. So. And again, if there's no agreement as to mediator, then that can be that can be pointed through the, through the provisions either of the agreement or of the code if the if the agreement is lacking. So after that, if the mediation's uh, been and gone and still no resolution, well, I guess then they're off to court, and uh, that's where the that's where the bills really start racking up. Yeah, gee, it's just common sense, isn't it? To as you say, at the front end, make sure that you seek some legal advice. I'm, I'm just sort of minded of uh, of a couple of cases that I know of where, you know, um, a, a, a person buys into a franchise, and there is nothing there. That, you know, behind the facade of a a marketing spiel, there is nothing there. It's just a a franchise owner who's trying to, uh, you know, cobble together um, a, a bit of an idea and uh, and and sort of bankroll it. Uh, with uh, you know a hundred franchisees across the country, but you know th- th- it's it's not a well-established business. No, well, that's exactly right. See, the whole idea of a franchise is that you're buying into the system. You're yes. buying into their operation. So, you know, the and uh, you know there are many well-known franchises out there, from both white-collar to hospitality and to retail, that that have. Clear marketing, you know, uh, on on TV and radio and the mm. internet. So you know what you're buying into, mind you. They're not cheap, but you know what you're buying into. If, for example, the best example I can give on that, Dan, is I had a client come in and see me who was purchasing a bookkeeping uh, bookkeeping franchise. Mm. Now, I think I think the um, the purchase price was around about the forty odd thousand mark. Now, this is about half a dozen years ago. So it's not cheap. But, well, no, it's not cheap. Mind you, you can spend a lot of money yeah, on a franchise. Indeed. But yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's still not cheap. It's it's forty thousand dollars. It's still a lot of money. But hey, all she ostensibly got, all she, all my client ostensibly got, was a photocopy of a UBD with the page of of, of a suburb with a circle around it. So that's your territory. Um, yeah. Now go out and uh, go out and market yourself. Well, you know my my response to her was, why didn't you keep the forty grand and and that would have bought you a lot of leaflet drops. <laughs> That's right, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, doing due diligence at, at that front end. I mean, in that, in that particular case, um, you know, had she seen uh, or sought legal advice uh, initially, it would have saved her a whole lot of pain. Well, exactly, Dan. Because one of the intrinsic things that a 
commonly stated in the franchise agreement is about the business, is about the operation of the business and the obligations of franchisor and franchisee. Now, the franchisor has an obligation to a franchisee, and that's both to mentor, to assist, and mm. also to provide its systems. Now, the systems isn't just something in somebody's head; it's got to be it's got to be documented. We um. For example, our firm has a documented quality management system. Now, that's not rocket science. Hmm. Most good businesses should have them. So if that's the case, then this franchisor has got to have something documented that yes. deals with, with the systems of the business that says, okay, this is what you're going to use. This is this is the herbs and spices. This is the, the how-to manuals on how you're going to do operate this business. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and unfortunately, a lot of franchisors, especially at the, let's call, let's call it the bottom don't have anywhere near that sort of documentation or, or um, re- regularity to their business. Hmm. Very interesting stuff. George, thanks for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. We hope you found the podcast useful. If you have any questions, simply reach out to us at www.hatsis.com.au or by simply calling 3345 4388.